Dateline, August 10th, 2013. Well, g'day, folks, and welcome to the Australia Desk for episode 261. And what I tell you what, uh, if my record keeping is anywhere accurate, and it's possibly it's not, but I think it's right, this is Ausdesk number 200. Yay, I think it's 200. I well, you know, when we finally figure it out, we can have another party. Well, I've only got 10 fingers and 10 toes, so that's as far as I can count. But I think it's 200, so well, there you go. Yay. All right. Fantastic. Well, go us. So I think in the finest traditions of the Ausdesk, we should talk about the Jetstar Group, part of Qantas, I think. Or is it the other uh, way around? No, I can never Qantas remember. part of the Jetstar Group, mate. <laughs> well, it's all Jetstar news this week, as the first 787-8 has been spied in its new Jetstar livery at the uh, Boeing plant over there in uh, Washington. Yes, observe. The male of the species. The star-spotted tailed 787. That's correct, mate. A Flickr user going by the name of Moon M has posted images of the first Jetstar 787-8 Dreamliner fully painted in the daylight outside the Everett assembly line. And not to be outdone, uh, Qantas uh, very quickly, or Jetstar, posted it on their Facebook page, a number of uh, pictures of uh, said 787 in the paint shop. And uh, i got to say, Grant, um, yeah, it actually looks kind of cool. Well, it honestly looks just like most of the other Jetstar aircraft, orange-bellied, orange-starred-tailed aircraft with silver-grey. But, uh, yeah, look, it's got that 787 sexiness anyhow, so we'll cut it some slack. Yeah, absolutely. And I know your love of Jetstar, Grant, so there you go. Oh, mate, love them almost as much as you love Tiger. (laughs) We're not even going to talk about them this week. No, no, nothing really to talk about them, but we could talk about their new owners because, uh, well, 60% owners at least. But uh, Virgin had a wee bit of a Tiger moment when they got caught up in the worldwide crash of the Sabre check-in system. Yes, and I'll tell you what, it was a much publicised uh, switchover recently to the Sabre reservation system by Virgin. They'd had uh, quite a lot of trouble with their previous system and, uh, you know, they were all promising that things would be all sweetness and light once we went over to Sabre. And uh, I guess this is not their fault. It's been a worldwide problem. and uh, I'm sure the guys have already discussed that on the show this week. And, uh, of course, it forced uh, Virgin to start uh, checking in all their passengers manually. So you can imagine that uh, that didn't go down too well with passengers all around the country. But uh, Interestingly, Grant, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about the Sydney uh, airport movements cap and the curfews they have up there at that ridiculous airport, and uh, apparently there was some special authorization given in light of all these uh, check-in delays to uh, land after the curfew to a number of aircraft. Six Virgin flights were told that they were allowed to land after the curfew if required and out over the water uh, rather than over the land, and uh, this uh, led to Max Moore Wilton, the uh, chair of the board of Sydney Airport, turning around and saying, because the author Authorization came from Anthony Albanese, the Minister for Everything, including Transport, that perhaps there were politicians on board. But I think, Steve, you nailed it. Uh, you know, maybe there might have been a politician on board, but I think much more likely was what you said. Yeah, well, of course, uh, since we did the last Ausdesk, the federal election has been announced. So we are now in election mode, and it's amazing what exemptions can be made when there's a few votes in it for a certain Minister for North Sydney or wherever it is he works, lives. Uh, uh, minister for, um, among other areas, Marrickville, which happens to be the home of the I hate jet noise, despite the fact that I bought a cheap house because it's right under the jet path. Yeah, there we go. So you might be right, Grant. There might have been a lot of pollies on board those aircraft, but uh, who knows? I would be willing to bet that had this not been an election time, no such exemption would have been granted at all. And I think you're very correct in that, mate. But, you know, an exemption 
option that Virgin, I'm sure, wish had have been granted was uh, one that would have let them get out and redo the pushback at Tullamarine today, where one of their aircraft was pushed back into a waiting Airbus A320 from Jetstar. Yeah, not only was their computer system crashing this week, in fact, today, as we record this, a Virgin aircraft has uh, been backed into a Jetstar aircraft. You know what? Actually, I think Virgin is trying to do uh, Jetstar a favour and bring that 787 on quickly. If they can just destroy a few more of their A320 aircraft, then uh, you know they'll have, they'll have to bring those aircraft on stream much more quickly. A fair bit of damage uh, done there, estimating uh, two to three million dollars damage done in total to these two aircraft, and of course uh, the ATSB is investigating that. Interestingly, Grant, the uh, the Aircraft Engineers Union, the ALAEA, is uh, now raising safety concerns and says that uh, basically this is what happens when you don't have properly qualified people out there doing the job on the ramp. Mm, they're saying that if a licensed engineer had been on the job for the pushback, it wouldn't have happened. But to give you an indication, the Jetstar Airbus was sitting idling, waiting for a park elsewhere. The Virgin 737 was being pushed back. It got pushed back further than normal as they swung it. Its winglet chopped the tail cone off the uh, A320. Uh, just took a little bit off. In true form, the mainstream media, when it initially happened, showed a photo of a piece of metal on the uh, on the tarmac and said, oh, look, an engine fell off. But really, it was quite clearly the APU exhaust pipe, obviously, come out with the tail cone being chopped off. It was uh, just towards the end. It was only a little clip. The, t- the uh, winglet on the 737 doesn't look too bad, but of course, you've got to inspect the whole wing because it could have put some stresses on the spars and so on. But uh, that A320 is going to need a bit of work. And what happens here in, in Australia, the Virgin guys are using a uh, pushback crew of one. There is a single ground guy who plugs in and walks with the aircraft while using a remote controlled tug unit that attaches to one of the main undercarriage legs and it pulls the aircraft back and turns it as required. So a single person can check out and uh, effectively push back a 737. And of course, what the ALEA is saying is that if one of their engineers had been there as well, there could have been two people, uh, somebody would have been walking the wing, they would have uh, said stop and this never would have happened. But with the uh, position that the pushback engineer is in, they're not able to see everything ergo, oops, something happened. Yes, yeah, so, well, I'm sure that'll uh, create some hysterical reporting on the 6 o'clock news tonight, Grant. But uh, tell me what an MA-60 aircraft is. Ah, uh, that would be the uh, Xi'an MA-60 from China, as in modern ARC 60 is where it comes from. Um, I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Xi'an because it's X-I apostrophe A-N. Um, I believe that's Xi'an. It comes from the China Aviation Industry Corporation, uh, also known as AVIC-1. It's been in, in operation since August 2000. Uh, there's been a few little variants. It's only really licensed to operate in China and a few um, outlying countries, smaller countries. It has no uh, certification from the FAA, from Europe, from many other places, including New Zealand. And it's currently being used in uh, places like Bolivia, Cambodia, Congo, uh, Kyrgyzstan, Laos, Myanmar, of course, in China, and uh, places like this. And it's also being used in Tonga, where there's one in service. Now, due to some recent accidents since 2009, and it appears that many of these may have been pilot error, but there could be some problems with the brakes, a few overshoots, things like that, causing some crashes on landing. New Zealand has said, hey, we don't like this aircraft being used in uh, Tonga, and we're actually telling our uh, our citizens to not fly on the MA-60 if they go to Tonga. And in fact, New Zealand are even suspending their uh, tourism aid funding to Tonga because they don't want them using that aircraft at all. <laughs> there you go. In fact, in, in its travel advisory, the uh, New Zealand government is uh, saying that uh, people using the MA-60 do so at their own risk. Interestingly, Grant, uh, it looks as though the uh, this aircraft was given 
to Tonga to use by the uh, Chinese company uh, on domestic flights. And uh, in fact, there's a Chinese-run uh, operation over there doing this, which uh, came in at the expense of a previous company, which was a New Zealand-run uh, company. So probably a little bit of bad blood there. But uh, yeah, I don't know much about these MA60s. Just looking here on the Wikipedia page, Grant, uh, they look a lot like a uh, Fokker friendship, actually. Yeah, it looks like a friendship with a Dash 8's big engine, but made bigger. The engine looks looks quite chunky on that wing. Um, look, winds up looking a little bit bigger than a Dash 8 engine, but has that friendship merged with Dash 8 and uh, engines on steroids kind of look. Interesting indeed. Okay, Grant, just before we finish here, a uh, quick uh, update on uh, Ryan Campbell, a teenager uh, aiming to be the youngest person to fly solo around the world. Ryan has now left the United States. He flew up into Canada and he's now uh, started his Atlantic crossing. And uh, as we record this, he has uh, now safely touched down in Reykjavik in Iceland, where he's going to spend uh, three days. I guess uh, by the time uh, this uh, episode of the uh, Airplane Geeks goes to air, uh, Ryan will be uh, on the uh, subsequent leg uh, where he's heading across, I believe, to Scotland. And uh, just a quick correction from last week, Grant, where I said day 72 was the uh, halfway point. Uh, just a little bit of a uh, tiny correction there. Of course, the whole trip is a 72-day trip, uh, at least as it's planned, and Ryan was halfway through that 72-day journey. So, uh, no, I'm sure Ryan probably feels like it's been 72 days, but it's only been about 40 <laughs> or 45. Now, uh, Grant, just for our Australian listeners, if you're over there in uh, Western Australia, in the Perth area, uh, AOPA Australia is uh, having a safety seminar coming up at the Royal Aero Club of Western Australia. That's, of course, at Jandicott Airport, uh, just south of Perth, and uh, that's on Saturday, August 31, and Sunday, September 1st, which, Grant, I note with interest, is also Father's Day. So what better way to spend Father's Day here in Australia, particularly if you're over there in the West, than at an AOPA safety seminar? They're going to be talking about all sorts of things, including uh, safety in tower operations, aviation medical issues, aviation safety operations, industry safety experts will be there as well, industry suppliers, EFB for iPad, and there's even going to be a barbecue grant. I think we should go there ourselves. Yeah, I agree, mate. That sounds like a real good one. We'll uh, have to figure a way to get across the Nullarbor, but uh, apparently they ran one of these at Bankstown, and it was a bit of a success and a lot of fun. Everyone really enjoyed it. So, yeah, if you're in Perth, give it a whirl. You can find out more information about this by going to AOPA, as in AOPA.com.au. Fantastic, and Grant and I are both members of AOPA, and uh, if you're a pilot or an aircraft owner or even interested in aviation in this country, we highly recommend that you also become one. It doesn't cost much, and it uh, goes towards uh, supporting uh, you know, advocacy for aviation here in Australia, and we need much, much more of that. And how. Well, that just about wraps up this uh, Ausdesk number 200 for episode 261. Grant, uh, what a long ride it's been uh, for us now for four years, but I uh, really enjoyed working with you, mate. It's been a fantastic ride, and I wonder if we can make another 200 of these. Oh, I certainly hope so, mate. Um, I'm hoping that there's another, at least another 200 weeks worth of uh, Ausdesks for the Airplane Geeks, because that also means the Airplane Geeks will have cranked out at least another 200 episodes. Fantastic. You know what's really cool about recording Ausdesks these days uh, compared to when we first started doing it? What's that, mate? This studio now has so many flashing and blinking lights. It's fantastic. Oh, mate, I'm going to have to rig a video camera over there so I can share the experience because I'm sitting over here and I just have two screens. I don't have all the blinking lights in. <laughs> it's, it's all it's all go over here. Okay, Grant, well, uh, in light of that, uh, I'm going to give you some annual leave. Oh, really? <laughs> Where are you going? Oh, well, I think if you're going to let me take some time off, I'm going to go to Bali. Oh, Bali, crikey. Been there, done that. I've been to Bali too, huh? Well, that'll be my theme song when I come back, mate. By the time we record the next Ausdesk, I'll be back and uh, I can give you that theme song. Well, there you go. Okay, well, you just have a wonderful... I'll just stay here editing away madly while you have a good time. Oh, that sounds pretty good to me, mate. <laughs> no worries. All right, then. Well, wishing Grant a safe trip across to Bali and I'm sure he'll come back with a suntan. Until next week, I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm Grant McCarran. Cheers, folks.